jump right into the word of the Lord. Uh, like I said, it's Palm Sunday. Uh, we're going to start in Matthew chapter number 27. We're actually going to read a few verses of scripture, starting at verse number 45. Many of you have heard of Palm Sunday. Some of you may have not heard of it. So I would like to talk about it a little bit just to give some explanation of what it is and why we celebrate it and the purpose of it. So we're going to start in Matthew chapter number 27, verse number 45, uh, and then we will pick up on Palm Sunday. And it reads, now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Elah, Elah, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they heard that, said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway, one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Verse 49 again says, the rest said, let be or leave him alone. Let's, let's step back here. Let's, let's see what takes place. Let us see whether Elias will come to save him. So I want to preach just for a few moments on a simple subject. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Well, over 2,000 years ago, speaking of Palm Sunday, to give a little bit of clarity to some, understanding to many, the Sadducees had a tradition in which they believed the Messiah would show up four days before Passover. So therefore, they kept the gates of the temple open so that he, being their Messiah, could walk right in to his rightful place. Because of this, there was always tension. Tension was very high on this very day. There's five things that I would like to point out about Palm Sunday that remind us that Jesus Christ is king. The first thing is God's word or God's word tells us the people cut palm branches and wave them in the air, laid them out on the ground before Jesus as he rode into the city. The palm branch represented goodness and victory and was symbolic of the final victory he would soon fulfill over death. For the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 55, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? And so the second thing I want to point out here, where it talks about Palm Sunday being to remind us that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus chose to ride in on a donkey, which directly fulfilled Old Testament prophecy in Zechariah chapter number nine, verse number nine. In biblical times, it was common for kings or important people to arrive by a procession 
riding on a donkey. The donkey symbolized peace. So those who chose to ride them showed that they came with a peaceful intentions. Jesus even then reminded us that he is the prince of peace. The third thing is when the people shouted Hosanna, they were acknowledging Christ as king. That word Hosanna actually means save now. In Hebrew, it is pronounced Yasha Anna. Yasha Anna. They begin to cry out, which means save now. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter 118, verse number 26, it says, Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. The fourth thing is the Bible says that Jesus wept for Jerusalem. In the midst of the praise of the moment, he knew in his heart that it wouldn't be long that these same people would turn their backs on him, betray him, and crucify him. His heart broke with the reality of how they would need a savior. For the Bible says in Luke chapter number 19, verse number 41, and when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. And the fifth thing that I would like to point out, Palm Sunday reminds us that the reign of Jesus Christ is far greater than any mind of man could ever conceive or plan. Man looked for someone to fight their battles in the present day world, yet God had the ultimate plan of wrapping himself in flesh, becoming the mediator between God and man to fight the final battle over death. This is the greatness of why we celebrate this week, because of Jesus Christ's ultimate sacrifice. We can be set free of death. For the Bible says in John chapter number 11, verse number 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. I am the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I want to go now back to Matthew chapter number 21, if we can take a couple chapters back, but I wanted to hit on a few things why we celebrate Palm Sunday and why we illuminate this week and why it's so important to us. Going back to chapter number 21 in the book of Matthew, we find where Jesus is riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. They are waving palm tree branches, laying palm tree branches on the ground before him. And as we have stated, they are crying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And it's interesting to know as Jesus is coming in with a peaceful intention because that's what the representation of the donkey meant. And as they're calling Hosanna, which means save now, they are giving recognition to who Jesus is. They're saying that he is the Messiah. He is the Lord and the King of kings. As he is coming in, Hosanna in the highest. If you would read the story and continue on in Matthew chapter number 21, the first thing Jesus does is go into the temple. 
But what he does while he's in the temple, he begins to turn over tables and kick out people because they are selling and exchanging things in the temple. Now, this is not the first time this has happened, but this is the second time Jesus went into the temple and began to become frustrated because of some of the things that he's seen in the house of the Lord. For the Bible says, Jesus said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And what's interesting to know is, is that after he kicked out the people that were in there for the wrong reason, the Bible lets us know that after he kicked out everyone that came in to the temple for profit and for gain, the Bible says that the blind and the lame came unto him and he healed them all. Once he removed the people that were doing the things that were not there for the purpose of the kingdom of God. First, he had to remove things that were not supposed to be there. And then once those things were removed, the blind and the lame could come. And the Bible says that he healed them. I want us to understand something that is very important. That during this time, many of us have asked God to save us. Many of us have asked God to come into our home and come into our lives. But we must understand in order for God to do his work, there must be some things that we must remove from our homes and from our minds. There must be some things that we have to get rid of. So don't be shocked. Don't be fearful when God comes into your life and begins to toss tables around and throw things around to get rid of the things that we need to get rid of. But once we get rid of those things, then God can come in and say, now you can bring me your problems. Now you can bring me your concerns. Now you can bring me the things that I can heal and set free and deliver in your life. Too many of us want the deliverance, but we don't want to get rid of the things that we need to get rid of. But first, God walks into the temple, gets rid of the money exchangers and all the people that were in there. The Bible calls them thieves. Once he got rid of them, the blind and the lame could come in, and now God can do his thing that he was brought here to the earth to do. So I want us to understand a very simple principle that we must understand that God, yes, he wants to heal us. Yes, he wants to set us free. But we must also know that we must get rid of the things in our life that we need to remove. So the Bible says in verse number 15, as you continue on in Matthew chapter number 21, it says, and when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he had did, talking about the healing of the lame and the blind. The children crying in the temple. The children begin to cry in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David. The children begin to speak up and recognize who he was. And the Bible says in verse number 15, they being the, uh, the chief priests and scribes, they were sore displeased. But the verse number 16 says, and said unto him, hearest thou what these say? Jesus began to look at the adults in the room and say, do you hear what these children are saying? And Jesus said unto them, yea, 
Have you have ye never heard out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? I want you to understand. I want to correct something here that I just said, just to make sure we're on the same page. Because after the children began to cry out Hosanna to the son of David, they began displeased and began to say, "Do you hear what these children are saying?" That's when Jesus replied and said, "Yeah, out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, out of the mouths of children thou hast." Perfected perfected praise. Some of us out there have been brought up the right way. Some of us out there have been brought up in truth. Some of us out there have been brought up knowing the right way to live. And now you in your own home, I have to hear some of your children begin to ask you questions about who is Jesus. Mommy and daddy, should we be going to church? Mommy and daddy, what is going on and taking place around us? I believe I'm preaching to somebody out there here today because some of your children and grandchildren are coming up to you saying what about baptism do I need to be baptized and some of you know what is right but you're wrestling in your spirit trying to tell yourself should I go or should I stay should I give my life to you or do I remain what I'm doing but yet the children around you are trying to get your attention saying mommy and daddy there's something going on in the world do we need to turn our lives to Jesus. Not only is God dealing with those children, but he's trying to get a hold of somebody out there. And he's trying to get a hold of you. Somebody needs to listen to what God is saying through the mouths of children. Somebody needs to listen and hear what God is trying to say to an individual, what God is trying to speak to a home, to grab the attention of some parents out there that know that Jesus is a savior, that know that Jesus is the only way, that know that they ought to do better, that know that they can turn and give their life back over to him. You know God has not left you. You know God has been there with you the entire time but yet you're under so much condemnation uh, to where the enemy is trying to pull you so far away that makes you think you cannot be pulled back in. Who told you the devil had more strength than our God? Who told you the devil had more strength than the king of kings and lord of lords? Who told you that the devil can pull you away from an almighty God. That is a lie from the devil. But my God still has all power in heaven and in earth. All you've got to do is make a decision to turn your life back over to Jesus. And I want to tell somebody, listen to the children. If you were fine and you would begin to read in Matthew chapter number 21 as you continue to read, uh, because of this instance and because the children have now recognized this is the Messiah. Now you have the children crying out, save now. From this point on, as you read the book of Matthew, the religious leaders are strategizing against Jesus, wanting to find some fault in him to get rid of this man. And that's what brings us to Matthew chapter number 
27. And that's where we have read in verse number 45. Now we come to this point to where now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. Now we come to a place to where Jesus is now on the cross. They've worked up and they've done everything they could to try to find fault in this man and many of us know the story. Uh, but now we get to Matthew 27 verse 45. Now Jesus is on the cross. And now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land into the ninth hour. And verse 46 says, And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then verse number 47, some of them stood there. When they heard that, said, this man calleth for Elias. See, the bystanders misinterpreted Jesus' words and thought he was calling for Elijah because Elisha ascended into heaven without dying. We find that in 2 Kings chapter number 2, verse number 11. And it says, and it came to pass as they still went on and talked that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. Speaking of Elisha, Elijah and Elisha. And the Bible says, and it parted them asunder and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. So the Jews at this time in history thought that Elijah would return again to rescue them from great trouble. Why did they know this? Because according to the prophet Malachi, uh, chapter number four, verse number five, it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So those Jews, or the Jews at this particular time, those Jews anticipated his arrival so much that it was customary that at their annual Passover meal, each family set an extra plate for Elijah in expectation for his return. The Bible says in Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 13, it says, when Jesus is now coming to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asks his disciples, who do men say that I am? This is how much they anticipated the arrival of Elisha. For the Bible says, Jesus asked them, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you are Elias or Elijah. Elijah was one of the greatest prophets the prophet Malachi in verse number five that we just read refers to one or two things when it comes to the prophet Elijah. As I stated, he's one of the greatest prophets who ever lived. His story is found in first and second Kings and after the death of Malachi, the prophet Malachi, the voice of God's prophets would be silent for 400 years. Then a prophet would come like Elijah to proclaim, proclaim the coming of Jesus Christ. This prophet was John the Baptist. John the Baptist preparing the people, the people's hearts for Jesus by urging them to repent of their sins. 
The second option here is the second thing that Malachi the prophet could be talking about is found in the book of Revelations. Chapter number 11, verse number 2, and it says, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. That is equivalent to one thousand two hundred and sixty days, or in other words, 42 months or three and a half years. This three and a half years, which just happens to be the equivalent amount of time the famine was in the days of Elijah. So if you drop down to verse number six in that same chapter of Revelations, chapter number 11, it says, These, speaking of the witnesses, have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. Well, you will find in the Bible, in the book of James, chapter number 5, verse number 17, it says, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth. Listen now, by the space of three years and six months. There it is again, three and a half years. And so the Bible in the book of Revelations talks about a three-and-a-half-year span where the two witnesses would be on earth. They would be on earth witnessing and prophesying for three-and-a-half years. So the Bible says in verse number 15 in that same chapter, and the seventh angel sounded, and there was a great voice or great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord, and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So while the people are watching Jesus hang and suffer on the cross, the Bible says in verse number 48, and straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. But in verse number 49, the rest of them said, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. In other words, they were saying to one another, no, uh-uh, let's step back. Let's see what's about to take place. And what I need us to understand and what I want us to see here today, because this is the very thing that I feel so strong in my spirit, that many of us are stepping back saying, well, let's just see what happens and let's just see what takes place. Because on one hand, we have a group of people saying this outbreak, this pandemic is not as bad as what people are talking about. People are blowing this thing out of proportion. Why is everybody up in a frenzy all over this thing? But then on the other hand, you have people saying, especially those that are working in the medical field and at the hospital saying, you have no idea what the government and what people are saying in the news outlets is only the half of really what is going on. So you have one group of people saying, well, I just don't think it's that big a deal. You have another group of people saying, no, it is a bigger deal than what you even think it is. And so it's causing people to step back and say, well, let's just see 
what happens. And the problem with that mentality is, is that we are allowing that same mentality to get into our spirit to where now we're moving at the slow pace in God saying, well, let's just see what happens. I don't know if I need to make a move right now. I'll just wait to see once all this clears up. Then I will make a decision to serve God. I've come to shake somebody in the Holy Ghost. I've come to tell you with all my might and with all my strength, you better not lay back. You better not sit back and you better not hold back, but you better make a move towards God right now. I don't know what you're waiting on. I don't know what you're holding on to. I don't know what's time. I don't know what you're doing in your mind to cause you to think any other way. But if God is sending us a sign, you ought to run to the altar. You may not come to this place, but you can fall on your face right where you are. You can fall on your knees right where you are. You can pick up a phone and call somebody and say, pray with me right now. But somebody needs to shake themselves and realize that God is speaking right now. So why are we allowing ourselves and why are we telling ourselves and why are we allowing our eternal destiny to be placed on hold waiting to see what happens next? Why are you doing this to yourself? What are you holding back? What are you holding on to when you know there's something in your spirit that's crying out for more? Here you are saying, well, let me see what happens. But something on the inside of you is saying, I've got to make a change. I've got to do something different. I know there's more. I know God has more for me. I know I've got to get back to a place where I once was. But something inside of you or other people around you are saying, it's not that big a deal. So you better stop listening to those voices. You better stop listening to people that's trying to subside what God is trying to pull out of you, out of your spirit. But there's something in somebody's belly that's saying, I've got to move. I've got to make a change. There's something in somebody's belly that's crying out, saying, God, help me. God, move upon me. God, save me. God, get me to a place where I know I should be. But there's a spirit that I feel very strong that's sweeping over many places and many homes, stepping back just like they did with Jesus and say, no, 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 let's let's just wait to see what happens. Let's actually wait to see if Elijah actually comes. Let's just wait. It sounds like that's who he's calling upon. But see, they misunderstood what God was doing. They misinterpreted. They misheard what God was actually saying. And I'm trying to help somebody here today. Don't misinterpret what God is doing. What's happening in this day is multi-layered. Don't just try to isolate it to one thing and put it in a box. You can't put God in a box. When God decides to do things, you better believe his ways are so far above our ways. The Bible says it's like the heaven from the earth. Don't think you can just categorize God and say this is what's happening and this is how you fix it. Mm -mm -mm. 
Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel like preaching just for a little bit. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but you need to understand and you need to know that God is trying to get a hold of your heart. Uh huh. Somebody needs to say my heart. He's trying to get a hold of your heart instead of you sitting back saying, well, let's just see what happens. This will blow over in time, but God is saying, I'm trying to speak to your spirit. I'm trying to get a hold of your heart. There is no timetable on that. You can't put time on what God is trying to do with you. You can't put time on what God is trying to take you. You can't put time on what God is trying to move upon you. But somebody needs to rise up. Somebody needs to plant their foot down. Somebody needs to shake themselves. Somebody needs to call on the name of Jesus. And you know that he's able to answer. So why are we allowing ourselves to say Let's just see what happens. Let's just, let's just see what takes place. Let's, see, let's just see if this Elias comes to save him. Let's see. We've seen him do all these mighty works. We've seen him do all these things while he was walking the earth. Let's see if what he says now takes place. I'm trying to help somebody here today on this Palm Sunday to recognize as the children recognize Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna, save now, save now the Lord of the highest. As the children recognize that's the Messiah, that's who that is. But the voices of the people, the voices of the adults, the voices of the ones who should have known, the voices of the ones who decided to ignore outweighed the voices of the children. And I'm trying to help somebody here today. Because it's not time to sit back and wait to see what happens. For the Bible says, as you continue to read the story, verse number 50, after they were spectating, waiting to see what was going to take place, the very next thing was a loud cry from Jesus yielding up the ghost and verse number 51 says the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom there was an earthquake and the rocks began to rent tear into graves were opened up many bodies of the saints that were slept arose and came out of the graves after the resurrection Bible says in verse 54, now when the centurion, they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake. and Those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying truly, this was the son of God. It's interesting to know because the next thing that happened was revelation. 
in verse 51, it says the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. The veil is what separated the holy from the holies of holy place. It represented when Jesus died on that cross, it represented that you no longer have to go to a high priest, but you can come straight to me. You don't have to go through somebody else or go to someone else, but now you can come straight to me. I have taken on because Jesus, the word of the Lord, says that he became our high priest. And now we can go straight to Jesus and confess our faults. We can go straight to him and get things right. That's why it's interesting to know on March the 20th, the Pope even said himself, uh, people who cannot get to confession because of the coronavirus lockdown or another serious reason can go to God directly. Be specific about their sins, request pardon, and experience God's love, his loving forgiveness. Uh, even the Pope himself uh, said, if you can't get to nobody, go to God. Uh, go to Jesus himself. Uh, he even recognized and knows uh, that you can always go to him. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love it because that helps everyone to understand that even though the Catholics, they go to different people to confess, you can go straight to Jesus because he has become our high priest. You don't have to go to another man. You don't have to go to a confessional. You don't have to drive somewhere and go to somebody and tell them what all you did, but you can go straight to God. You can go straight to the high priest, Jesus Christ. He's the one that died on a cross. He's the one that died for you and I. He's the one that took on the sins of the world uh, and you can go straight to him uh, I don't have to go to mommy I don't have to go to daddy uh, I don't have to go to some priest uh, in a robe uh, but I can go straight to the king of kings and the lord of lords uh, and he's the one that is able to pull me out uh, that's why when we baptize uh, we don't baptize you in the name of a high priest uh, we don't baptize you in the name of a father because that's not a name uh, we don't baptize you in the name of the son because that's not a name uh, we don't baptize you in the name of the holy ghost that's not a name uh, we don't baptize you in the name of Eddie Robinson, it has no power. But Jesus said, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. That's why we baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. And he's able to remove every sin from your life. So why wait to see what happens? Why not make a decision today? Why not make a choice today? Why not make a choice right now? Hallelujah. Why not make a decision to give your life to Jesus Christ? What are you waiting for? What else are you waiting to see? Are you waiting on more tragedy? Are you waiting on more deaths? Are you, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for someone from the White House to tell you what to do? What are you waiting for? When your answer is right here in this book, everything you need to know is right here in this book. What are you waiting for? You're looking every single way but to Jesus. You're looking every direction except to the hills. Why not look to Jesus? Don't have the mentality of the people that were bystanders saying, no, uh-uh. Let's wait to see what happens. Because the very next thing what happened was the God of all salvation yielded up the ghosts. In Revelation, a new door, a new chapter, a new day, a new testament began. You know that's when the New Testament started? Hallelujah. Oh, I wish I had the time. 
But that's when a new day, the grace dispensation was entered right then. And now that we have an opportunity to get our life right with him, why wait? And I come against that spirit that is speaking to your voice, speaking to your heart, saying, let us see what happens. We don't have time to wait and see. I don't want to wait another day. I, don't, I sure don't want to wait another year. I want to take advantage of my opportunity today. I want to take advantage of my opportunity right now. While I'm still in my right mind, while I'm still clothed, and I still have the mercies of God flowing through me, every single day I wake up, I have another opportunity. Church, don't stop praying. Church, don't stop believing. Church, don't give up. Keep calling on the name of Jesus. Keep believing that he is able to touch any heart, anywhere, at any time. We can't give up. I'm talking to the church right now. We can't sit back and wait to see what happens. But there's an urgency. There's an urgency in my spirit. There's an urgency in my heart that is pressing forward, that is saying, I've got to pray more than I've ever prayed before. I've got to fast more than I've ever fasted before. I've got to read the word. I've got to teach the word. I've got to preach the word. Now more than ever before. So I ask you a simple question. What are you waiting to see? What are you waiting to see? What results are you waiting for? Why put your eternal destiny on hold? For something in someone that you're not even sure what tomorrow may bring in your life. Take this opportunity right now. Wherever you are, come on, you ought to lift up your hands right now. To every believer and unbeliever, you ought to lift up your hands right now. On this Palm Sunday, on this day where they cried out, Hosanna, 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 save now, save now, save now. Take this time to lift up your hands, lift up your voice. In the name of Jesus Christ, call on the name of Jesus. Come on, fall on your knees even where you are. Come on, pray for your loved ones. Pray for your family. Save now, God. We recognize that you are the one. We recognize you are the way, the truth, and the life. We recognize it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Take this opportunity to make a decision, to make a choice. You can go on our website. You can click that button that says, would you like to be baptized? And why not it be you that can make the same decision that others have already made? You can make a decision, have us reach out to you for prayer. We can pray for you, pray with you. Believe God can fill you with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost right in your house. Because God is not contained within four walls. 
but God is omnipresent everywhere, all times. And God can deliver you. God can save you. God can fill you with his spirit. To those that believe and that believe that it's for you, all you have to do is lift your hands, open up your mouth, begin to praise and magnify God and watch him come and fill you with his spirit. May God bless you today. I continue to lift up each and every person in prayer. Continue to lift me and my family up in prayer. Continue to just be thankful this week, this entire week, as we continue to give God honor and glory that he's worthy of. Starting with this Palm Sunday as we move on to the Passover and then moving on to Good Friday, Easter next Sunday. God is so good. And I'm going to give him glory no matter where I am because God gets the glory out of my life. Does he get the glory out of yours? I pray that he does. May God bless you today. You need anything you reach out to us. We'll be happy to try to help the best way we can. We love you in Jesus' name.